Today is May 1st, 2021. This is episode 120 of Back to Normal, so let's get started. All right, in this episode, what else would we possibly talk about? Last episode, I generously described um, Ontario's vaccine rollout as a poop show. And turns out, I guess maybe they were listening because between last week, between last Saturday and today, um, the outlook on the vaccine rollout has changed considerably. And we're going to talk a little bit about whether that is optimistic, whether that is we might actually be like at a chance to beat the timeline that's been given. We are getting a lot of vaccines over the next four weeks. Um, so really, honestly, it could go either way at this point. Um, but basically, starting at the end of last week, the, like Thursday, I think it was, um, you're now eligible to book in the mass vaccination clinics, which are going to soon be very, very mass vaccination clinics. Um, you're going to be able to book if you, well, you are able to book now if you're over 55 instead of 60. And then each week, basically a new five-year um, age range or 10-year, I think soon, um, age range are going to be eligible to book. As well, we're going to get a lot of increased eligibility for essential workers and people with um, serious medical conditions or complications or, you know, um, comorbidities, as they say, um, with COVID-19. And so it's very interesting because what the Ontario government promised when they made this announcement, when they announced this, this kind of not a new timeline, I guess it's kind of a new timeline, but it's like a, a confirmed, firmed up timeline for eligibility, um, is that in Ottawa, at least, we're currently booking appointments through the end of May. Um, with the stock that has been confirmed until the end of May with the weekly Pfizer um, doses. And I think that's all we can actually count on. So I think that's all we have because um, we were originally supposed to get Moderna doses every two weeks, but then they were delayed like the shipment that was supposed to come like mid-April was delayed until the end of May. So I think we're only booking right now uh, appointments based on the doses we're getting from Pfizer. Um so it remains to be seen when the Ford government said that we are going to be um, that every person in Ontario is uh, over 18 is going to be eligible for uh, to make a vaccine appointment. Um, it still remains to be seen whether that means everyone will be able to have booked an appointment and then gotten their vaccine shortly, potentially shortly thereafter. Or if it means that, you know, you'll be able to make an appointment by May, uh, by the end of May. But you might you, that appointment that you make at the end of May might not be for until, say, like mid-June or end of June. That's really going to be the test is when if they do open up this eligibility, which they have no reason not to, they've committed to it now. Um, so unless like unless the Pfizer plant burns down or something, um, that's what will likely happen, especially since it's coming. It's not coming internationally anymore. There was a whole big thing um, about the EU. Um, but like basically the governing body in the EU trying to block exports of uh, vaccine doses from Europe to other places. Um, and so I think Pfizer probably just protectively has changed their plans. We, they were sending us vaccines from Europe. They're now going to be sending us vaccines from Michigan, which means that there's a lot less travel. There's a lot less that can go wrong to getting getting vaccines just across the Canadian border. Um, so really the month of May is going to be the big test for the Ontario government as to whether or not whether they could learn their lesson because they're still like the pandemic measures that are in place right now. Um, a lot of people are pushing back against them with their behavior. 
Um, but May is going to demonstrate that month whether the government of Ontario, whether the vaccine rollout plan is good enough to go from to to go from population and vaccine um, rollout that is supply constrained, very heavily supply constrained, to one that is demand constrained on a dime, and what that's going to take, because there is so 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 much supply, um, what it's going to take is just thousands, likely thousands more vaccine um, givers. So whether those whether those be volunteers that are just trained on the spot or have been have been being trained over the last little while, whether that is people being pulled off of other jobs um, to be able to book vaccines. Now, I've, from what I've heard, it sounds like they actually do have a plan to do this, to wildly ramp up the number of people giving vaccines, the number of clinics that are open. There was an article on CBC the other day, maybe it was even yesterday, saying that basically, yeah, we've been ready for this for months. We're just waiting to go. Um, the second we get more vaccines than our cl current clinics can handle, we're going to instantly pop up more. They've got um, I know I've heard that they've got a few that are ready to go, like the locations are known that they're going to be using. Um, but yeah, they're just ready to flip that switch and, and be able to deliver way, way, way more vaccines. Um, now, what I hope it what I hope that means is that once that happens, when they do flip that switch to open up new clinics, that the appointments that you're booking right now are not for those clinics so that that means that would mean um, that when they do get those those new clinics opening, that that means even more appointments are going to be available once that happens. So we're going to have to see how that works. Um, I suspect like, honestly, these people are not terrible, terrible, terrible at um, the distribution of vaccines that we do have. We have been supply constrained for some time, um, but it's going it, to this is going to be the big test of whether this plan is actually going to work and how well it's going to work. Um, and so I, I would say I'm excited. I, I honestly am excited. Um, I don't think that this, if the month of May goes well, I don't think that this flips what the government did on its head because honestly, the government isn't really responsible for these vaccines. Um, like the government itself, the government is the one that makes the decisions um, about what to close and stuff. But like Doug Ford's not sitting there like drawing out a complicated table of which health units get which vaccines and all that stuff. Um, yeah, that's just not how it works. He's not responsible for that. So I don't really give him bonus points if if this doesn't go catastrophically wrong. Um, but I don't think it's going to go catastrophically wrong at this point. It seems like we can do this. We've like every year health units run flu clinics. They know how to do this. They know how to give lots of lots of people um, vaccines. And so it's just a matter of them going through that motion again um, with this. And we've they've all been waiting to do it for so, so, so long. Um, and so anyways, that leaves us with just well, it leaves me anyways, with just a few questions. So um, there are still a lot of questions in my mind about um, who is going to actually be eligible for a vaccine when and as well, how do you book a vaccine appointment. So they've they've given this little relatively it's it's a slightly more detailed timeline than they gave before about who's eligible when. But um, when it really comes down to it, there's there's basically it seems like there's two main ways to give doses, which are to give uh, appointments rather to get a vaccine. And those would be um, using the online, the provincial portal to book an appointment or calling the phone line to make an appointment. And so basically, that leads me to two questions, um, which is which and uh, yeah, I guess for context, I'll talk about um, how I've heard the province of Quebec is doing it with their online booking system, um, which is if you book an appointment online in Quebec, they basically said 
we are going off the honor system. So if you are eligible based on the criteria that we've given and you book an appointment, we will honor that appointment, whether or not it's actually true because they're not checking. Um, and so basically, if you're booking online, are you doing a, a kind of honor system free for all like Quebec is, which honestly is not the worst system you could do, um, especially when, you know, we're weeks away from just in, ramping up to almost everybody being eligible. But um, if you're booking online and you're not doing a free for all, how are you checking the eligibility? Like the um, the Canadian health system doesn't have any information on what comorbidities you have. It doesn't have any information about where you work, um, whether you're an essential worker, whether you're you know in the industries that have been picked as the can't work from home uh, phase one, can't work from home phase two. Nobody like they could have done that. They could have um, had people submit paperwork in advance to like sort yourselves into categories, but they didn't do that. They haven't done that. They don't have that information. So I'm really curious to be seeing because they can do like there is this age group drop um, week by week um, for eligibility. So it goes like 55 now and then it's going to go to 50 on Monday and then 40 the following week and 30 the following week and then 18 plus the the, the final week, the last week of May. Um, those are easy to do because the health system does have that information. So when you enter your health card, um, it's going to just say, yep, you are as old as you say you are and bam, appointment booked. Um, but for like the job you have or the comorbidity you have, that information is not just in some database. They can just do a lookup. Um, and there's also a bunch of vagary. Like, for example, if I have cystic fibrosis and I go to book during the uh, on the online system during the high risk week. So coming on Monday, I'm not actually sure because on the list of um, on the list of conditions that they list as comorbidities, cystic fibrosis is not listed. So do I book? In the high risk um, area, you you know darn well I'm going to try because I have no idea how this is supposed to happen. Um, or do I book in the following week, which is the at risk? Um, there is a category of respiratory diseases um, that falls under the at risk um, version of this, which is which would be the following week. But honestly, CF is more than a respiratory disease. It does affect your respiratory system, but it also affects your pancreas. It affects anywhere, basically anywhere in your body that there's mucus, and so. It's honestly a lot more serious than than respiratory diseases like asthma, for example. I mean, it's, it is very likely possible to have very bad asthma, but um, asthma is a respiratory disease, whereas cystic fibrosis is a genetic disorder that affects multiple systems, not just the lungs. And so, how do you how do you check that? And on the flip side, so if you're booking online, I have this this big question about how you actually check um, whether you are whether the person that's trying to book is eligible. But the other way you can book, which is which is currently the way that the system is set up for appointments um, with the provincial system, is that there's a phone line you can call and basically get your questions about the vaccine answered and book an appointment if you are eligible under certain conditions. So one of the things that they have there is um, right now, if you have if you have a medical condition that would make you eligible for a vaccine. So there's things like chemotherapy, um, if you've had a transplant, all that stuff, the highest risk category, you're directed to call the phone line and make an appointment. And I, honestly, I think that's fine. I have called. I called before because I wanted to basically ask um, where cystic fibrosis falls, and they couldn't tell me. Um, but it, it was like a few minutes wait, maybe. I don't even think it was that long. It was the the longest thing was going through the the process of like, if you want English, press one. If you have um, whatever, press whatever. Um, that was the longest part of that process. It's not like there was a giant line, but 
if you suddenly have, if you're suddenly opening up from highest risk people, which is a very small population, to high risk people to at risk people, that is suddenly potentially several million people. And so I hope if they're doing it that way, if they're saying, basically, if you have a medical condition that you are not sure if you're eligible or if, if you're trying to be eligible, but they're, they're act, they actually want to check first, um, do they just have like a, like tens of thousands of agents potentially taking these calls? Because there's going to be tens of thousands of people calling and you know that that phone line is just going to get slammed at 8 a.m. When the, when the eligibility ticks over. And so I really have questions about that. And the other thing that I have questions about, even if you do call this phone line, how do they check your eligibility? Like they're not able to run any any kind of eligibility checks like that. So honestly, I'm very confused if they are going to be like checking credentials, if they're going to be checking, you know, where you work or um, yeah, where you work, where you live, if you live in a hotspot um, or if you have a health condition. How are they checking this? Like if it's over the phone, do you just they, they have to take your word for it, right? Like it, it comes down to the honor system. So I don't know how they're going to do it. I honestly don't. But I hope that they would do it using for, for my own benefit. I hope that they would do it using the honor system. But I honestly don't know. So this is my big question. And if you have this information, I just can't find it anywhere. Please let me know. Let me know on Twitter. I'm, I'm live on Twitter spaces right now. Let me know at Rob Attrell. Um, because I would love to, to hear about it, but otherwise I'm going to be looking in the online system on Monday morning. I'm going to be calling the phone line on Monday morning and, and just seeing, because right now it, I don't, I don't know how they're doing it. And, um, yeah, so that's my big thing. This is great. If it rolls out properly, if there are hiccups, like, like, honestly, they haven't given any details. My wife is a teacher and she's supposed to be able to book, um, an appointment starting on Monday, but they've not given her well, so the school board, her principal doesn't know anything about how she's supposed to book. And nobody knows anything about how teachers are supposed to book from what I've seen. Um, again, Ontario, the Ontario Health, um, Ontario Health, whatever it is, um, they don't have any information on who's who are teachers and who are not teachers. Um, they're just saying teachers book Monday. Do, do teachers are teachers supposed to call? Do they give their their college of teachers number over the phone? And that's supposed to be confirmation of something. It's very unclear how they're going to roll this out, and there's going to be a lot of confused people um, starting starting well already. But um, yeah, it's just going to get worse if you do this by any way other than age. I don't really understand how you're supposed to figure out who is eligible when. And yeah, I don't have too much to say about this, but we're going to check in next week. We're going to see how this is rolling out. We're going to see if we've learned anything new about how to book appointments or whether we already have one, because technically. Depending on how, depending on where cystic fibrosis falls, Julia and I might both be eligible on Monday to book an appointment. And so we're just going to see. We'll check back in next week. Thank you very much for listening and um, have a great weekend. Bye. Bye.